Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, today's show is brought to you by Parry Athletics, the best pair of training shorts in the game. They do rashies, they do shirts, but what I love is they have shorts for you to roll in as well as shorts for you to chill in. I love them because they're so multi-purpose and they look awesome. Now, you can get your hands on these and you get 20% off with the code BULLETPROOF20 at checkout. Get yours today. Q&A for BJJ. You've got the questions. We sometimes have the answers. What we got, Joseph? Justin. Hey, y'all. My name's Justin. Last name Case. As you can probably tell, I'm from across the pond. I've been training jujitsu now for a couple years. I also hold a yellow belt in judo. Anyway, love your podcast. Been very, very nice to hear. Great. I have a question regarding a previous podcast about being choked out. And this question is for Mr. James Tenacity. <laughs> now, Mr. James Tenacity, I heard a rumor that there's a small, dark, jacked, you probably know who I'm talking about, handsome. Now, y'all definitely know who I'm talking about. Black belt at Absolute St. Kilda Down Under, who choked you with a guillotine choke in the last five years. Can I please get a confirmation if this is in fact true or false thank you <laughs> I, I think this is a farce I think this, this person doesn't exist you know I think that is Who do you think I it think is? that's Mikhail <laughs> I, I, I actually believe either Mikhail has put that person up or that is Mikhail doing an accent Justin Case was his name Justin Case <laughs> yeah. I think we're getting trolled that's awesome great, great. I mean the accent was a bit does he choked you with a guillotine? A guillotine? Yeah, I mean, look, the, it wasn't, the, the accent was a bit far out. I feel like that was probably Mikhail walking to the gym. It's either that or someone from Padigo. Yeah, something. <laughs> no, no, it's true. I, I think I even mentioned it, that I did get guillotined last time. But I, I had two options, either get guillotined or slam Mikhail on his head. And I was like, I haven't, seen, guillotine I, defense. I haven't seen him in ages. Fuck, all right. Did he say he, got, he put you out? No, he didn't. No, he didn't choke me out. No, no, no. I shot in. I went for the takedown. And as I was picking him up to put him down, he, he cinched it on. I right. didn't go. It wasn't a matter of like going out. It was just like either. Because that, that guy referenced the. Getting choked the out. Choked out one. No. If I'm just trying to think about who else is like small, muscular, handsome. Like who refers themselves like that anyway? I was like, <laughs> there's got to be Mikhail. I think. I'm not sure. So I was like, I think we, could, we might be getting trolled on this one. <laughs> it fucking sounds it a bit sounds fake like to me, it. the accent. Yeah, bro. <laughs> anyway, shout out just in case. Thanks, just in case. <laughs> Next one coming from Nate. Hey, guys. Uh, Nate here. Uh, love the podcast. Thank you so much for all the, the content you churn out. I uh, just listened to the Q&A about the guy who unfortunately suffered a knee injury in training and would likely need um, surgery. Mm. I myself suffered the same fate uh, performing the great art of jiu-jitsu. Unfortunately, I tore my meniscus. And by the way, if you're trying to figure out how to do K-guard, I would recommend not doing it on someone who's about 20 kilos heavier than you. 
irrespective, I've, I'm now four months post the surgery, and I'm working with an excellent physiotherapist. Shout out to Roop at Improve Your Move. I know. Rup. I I guess Probably. the question I want to ask is for someone who's a little bit further down the path of their rehab. Um, uh, like I said, four months post-op, um, still not in an ideal shape. I'm probably uh, a normal average person, uh, but definitely not a, a normal jiu-jitsu person. Haven't got quite full flexion range, but uh, for someone who's yeah, trying to reintroduce themselves to jiu-jitsu, how do you do that in an intelligent way? What are the, like, I guess, the specific movements that you start to uh, include into your training program when you're a little bit closer towards going back to the sport? Thanks so much, guys. God bless everyone who does the sport. You're my people. What a legend. God bless you. Thanks, Nate. Nate. Yeah. Well, just the different things I've gone through with different knee injuries I've had. It was just being able to feel like the knee joint was stable and I had control over it through different positions. So full flexion I found was harder to get than full extension. But I had a small meniscus injury and I had a PCL injury and whatever else. But I found I got extension back quicker than flexion and flexion felt really bad like being fully flexed um with meniscus injury was it just that side of my knee would ache so what i had to do is i just had to spend time getting comfortable in the position and stretching my quad and all of that and so i put a lot more time into feeling um comfortable with my knee in that position and then doing different activities that would bring me in and out of the position with less or more resistance. Mm. So it wasn't meaning I was just doing heaps of leg extensions. I was doing a little bit of hamstring curls, did a bunch of ankle stuff, but it was also just pulling my knee into my chest and trying to bring myself to a point of compression or doing like a, a skier squat and allowing myself to get lower and try to try to, to hang out there. To get the flexion back. Yeah, just it, it took forever. How about yourself, Joey, with the uh, comeback? Yeah, the flexion for me is limited since the surgery and that's like a permanent limitation. And so I think it's important to know, and this is where the, having a good physio is like paramount, it's important to know whether it's a permanent limitation or if it's something you need to push through. Because definitely my flexion improved a lot, but it, then it got to a point where it's like it won't go any further because it's like bones and ligaments are just fucking, they're done now. So in that regard, um, yeah, you want to know. But I think what's important is, and I'm sure that the physio group, who I, I don't know personally, but I know um, the boys at the gym here have worked with him and I heard really good things. I'm sure he would have a protocol for this. But what was important for me at that sort of post-acute stage, you've done all the work about like getting the hamstring and the quad and the calf strong and like rebuilding all those big muscles. And you're doing the, the gross mobility thing of getting flexion and extension back. And maybe you're still working on that stuff. But it's the smaller things that we usually don't think about, like balance, uh, reaction time, mm. the ability to jump and land on that one leg, yep. things that you probably just did naturally before that now you actually have to like objectively train them. And you'd go, oh, okay, I had Justin Lang for that, an EP, and he's a fucking knee guru. He just had a battery of different drills and tests for all of that stuff. We're doing balancing stuff, eyes open, balancing stuff, eyes closed, hopping and landing, um, which was more accuracy-based and reaction time-based rather than like broad jump or like yeah. vertical leap type stuff. Yeah. But that shit was in there too. And so I think that you want to be delving into those things. You don't need to be recreating jujitsu with like a cable machine right. and doing that sort of stuff. But I think on the mat, you definitely want to be starting to, starting to work some of your guard stuff, but in a controlled way. 
Yep. So I know that like a real simple one for me was just loading someone up onto my butterfly hooks and elevating them. Yep. Like you might do in a warm-up. Sure. But like doing that a bunch of times and making that something that I would do each class in my warm-up. Maybe it's hitting your K-guard entry and like going through some drills like that in a controlled way. Because what's going to happen is you're going to kind of finish your rehab thing and then you're going to go, oh, sick, I'm back. And then you're going to be like throwing in all these weird fucking angles and forces on the knee. Mm. If you haven't visited them with a training partner that's allowing you to. Yeah, like a lower level of resistance. Yeah, someone sprawls on that shit or like shuts your K-guard. Like you don't want that to be the first time you've gone there. Not at all. So yeah, I think like using your training partners like that is important for at least a few months. And my other small tip on the side of that is take care of your ankles and your hips because you might feel like, oh, my knee's back or it feels good. But the thing is if you've been limping around or you haven't been doing as much because, um, because you've been injured those other joints will tighten up and when your hip is tight and you try and go into external rotation, the knee's going to cop it. And same thing with your ankle. If your ankle's tight and you try to shoot or do a knee, knee, knee cut pass or something like that, your knee's going to cop it. So make sure that you're also paying attention to the joints upstream and downstream to make your knee that little bit safer before you come back to rolling. Yep. That's what I say. Let's have a crack at this. Terry. Terry. Hey guys, my name is Terry. I just started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu about give or take four months ago. Cool. I'm in the US. Uh, I train at a gym called Battleborn Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and MMA. Coaches are great. I, I love everyone at the gym. They're all amazing. I'm sure you guys have gotten this question before. Do you have any tips for getting better at Jiu-Jitsu? or things I can do outside of my classes that will help me get better at jiu-jitsu. I'm 16, uh, 17 in a few months. I'm, in, I'm a high school student currently, so I don't have too much time to do it. But I go basically every day, and I'm super passionate about it. That's about it. Thank you, guys. Shit, 17-year-old seven, Terry's got a say, fucking man's voice. He's got a big man voice. <laughs> yeah. That's a grown-ass voice. I was thinking well, Terry. <clears throat> Terry. Terry was 40. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, shout out, Terry. Bro, look, if you're going every day, I'm going to say at four months in the game, there's not a lot you need to be doing. Like, you don't need to be doing more jiu-jitsu. No, not necessarily. Maybe being a bit more reflective about your training, perhaps journaling or setting out a bit of a plan about, like, what's my intention this week yeah, could be a thing. for sure. Of course... The strength and the mobility, like, you know, I mean, I'm sure this is not the first time you listen to the show, but like, <laughs> yes, you got to be doing that stuff, you know, so hopefully you're taking care of that side of things. But I'd be just like, at four months, if you're training every day and you're being a bit intentional about it and you're looking after yourself, be like, you're good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, no, I definitely agree with all that. I would say it's good if you can get your head around a particular person in jiu-jitsu who you like, because then even rightly or wrongly, you can try and be like them. So it might be someone at your gym. You see them do a cool move. You're like, dang, I want to do that kind of a thing. Or maybe you, you've seen somebody on, on the internet and you're like, man, that guy moves so well. I want to be like that. Because if you talk to your coach, either your coach might be like, yes, do that. Or no, that person is a gymnastic freak. You can't be them. But it will open up the discussion around what you're doing with your jiu-jitsu. And then this early on, I'm sure your coach is giving you everything you need but it is always good to set the bar for someone who's ahead of you and, and, and work towards being like them, whether it's a, a purple belt or someone at your gym who you like them or you just like their game uh, because that will guide you. And just thinking about being better will help you a lot too. I like that.
Good luck with it, Terry. Man, four months, dude. Long way to go. Yes. You're early on the road. It's a beautiful time, actually. Yeah, just like so you're, you're allowed to not to have know. a strict plan yeah. right now. Like just, just cruise. Do all of it. You know? Yeah. And but of course, you know, if you if you want to go super fucking hard, like do that too, man. Go hard, yeah. The world is yours. It's seven at fucking almost seventeen. Almost seventeen. Shit. Yeah, boy. Guys, if you want to leave a question for the next episode, go to the website, bulletproofforbjj.com, hit the podcast tab, and then just scroll down a little bit. You can leave us a voicemail, and we'll feature your question on the next Q&A. It'd be great to get some context on uh, Justin and Case. <laughs> just in case. Hear a little bit more about them guillotines. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think there's a story that needs to unfold there. I think we're getting trolled. Yeah. <laughs> Soup. Yeah.